0: Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Aaron Keller from Capsule. Aaron, it's really nice to have you on. Happy to be here, Brad. Absolutely. So tell me a bit about yourself and about your company.
1: Certainly. I started about 23 years ago with a business partner, what we now refer to as a special projects firm. We work in the areas of marketing, brand, and design for clients all over the world and in, in special projects, essentially. We have researchers, writers, designers, and strategists, and we accomplish these big, hairy special projects, things that either are outside capacity or capability of, of our clients. And coming to do it in an agile manner. And, and uh, yeah, and my background is an undergraduate at St. Thomas and then an MBA at the Carlson School and then into this little venture that's been around for a while.
0: How do you get into this? How do you decide, hey, building a company is for me and all that?
1: Yeah, it is. It's, an often, it's a conversation I have a lot with people because entrepreneurs I have conversations with other entrepreneurs and share stories of both horrific and joyful about being an entrepreneur and misconceptions and all kinds of other fun stuff. My parents are both entrepreneurs. My mom started a nonprofit that grew dramatically. And my father started, I was part of a an entrepreneurship group, an engineering firm. And so I had it built in that I was going to do something at some point in time, just no matter of what. And when my partners said, hey, we should do this. Or at the time he was a business associate of the same firm. And I said, I guess, I just have to check with one person and that was my wife. And uh, and she said, that's okay, let's do it. (laughs) And we haven't looked back since.
0: I love it. That's awesome. And so let's talk about this year. What has this year looked like for you guys and what have maybe been some of the challenges and growing a company and all that stuff? Yeah, this
1: year has been an interesting one, right? Like it's coming off of the previous year in 2021, which was crazy growth, all kinds of opportunities. We had At the end of the last year, we had to turn Downwork, and this was a little bit more unstable right this year was high inflation and then all kinds of other stuff showing up and there wasn't as much as opportunity showing up and then some things even being put on hold which when we have these large projects and they go on hold can cause some disruption in our business and our workflow and what we've got going on we happen to be pretty solid as far as the number of clients and the number of things going on. So it didn't affect us too much, but it is always uncertain. And as much as I, as we're not a big firm, so we aren't really impacted by global economic changes, but everybody has a piece of that. So, you know, that if it slows down generally, it's going to probably impact us a little bit.
0: Are there any like pivots, changes, things you're thinking about as we head into next year to account for some of that and strategize along?
1: We have been exploring a number of new offerings. You might say new types of special projects. One we just had our first client on just two weeks ago, and that kicked off, and it's in and around helping refine and articulate their culture and using the processes and methodologies we use around understanding brand, using that to understand what's going on inside an organization as far as culture, and then refining it and clarifying it so they can have proper internal messaging. So, new methods and practices like that can be really helpful for us because we've got new places to go and new opportunities to sell things. And then, unboxing experiences has been a, another one that we've just started on, and we've got our first case study coming live on that.
0: Very cool. So, you're catching out and different special projects are taken on. How does that come about? Is it with existing clients or they have a need in certain areas, or is it like external? maybe net new clients that have these needs? Like how, wh- where do those branched out projects come from? It
1: is more often existing clients telling us, we'd like to see you do this because we think you'd be capable of this. Like we've got a client right now pressuring us to go into advertising because they think we could be great at it. And we're not really sure. And we have to be cautious about it because you can't have too many. Things. I mean, you want to really be competent at it. What I like to think about it is, I need to be, or a firm needs to be, at a national level of competency at that particular thing. And that can be easy when there's not a lot of players. Like unboxing experience doesn't have a lot of people. It's mostly companies that create boxes. So it wouldn't be that hard to be a national level player, but advertising certainly would. So we're much more cautious about that. What are we going to do to be distinct in that space?
0: Absolutely. I like that. You want to be a national level player and what you're doing, not just take on stuff to take on stuff and do a mediocre job, but how do you, how are you an A player at it? I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise they damage the brand damage, what we're doing and the trust that we built over time and, and how we do things. So.
0: Absolutely. So as you think about new projects, expanding all this, like what's your approach to reaching new audiences? So obviously you have your customer base, their needs, how are you going about marketing sales? new co- client, project acquisition, all that stuff?
1: We usually every year add or explore a new trade show that's in a new category. So it might be something, because we've had a lot of success in the areas of natural organic products, so like Expo West and Expo East, and the outdoor retailer show. It's been really good to us because we've done a lot of outdoor work. And so we, we do at least one, possibly two, depending on the year, that are new trade show's there for new audiences that we go Find that might be a match for us. And it's usually just setting up meetings and having conversations with people at those shows. They got to be a nice match and that the right people are there and the brands are on the show floor, that kind of stuff. And then we're also exploring these aggregators, which are basically sites where prospective clients can go and put in their requests for a firm like us. And there's a few of them out there that are intriguing to us. So we're exploring those a little bit further to see if those offer opportunities. We've gone down that road before. and Found it to be not a dead end, but dirt road after a while. Where it's a little too rugged and not a lot of opportunity there. Not exactly a super highway of sorts. Lately we've been exploring those two things as our ways to reach new audiences.
0: Absolutely. And how does it work in your model? It's mostly looking for projects. Like so there's a project need. And then I imagine you help with that project and they become a client. And then maybe there's another one and it goes from there type of thing.
1: Yeah, if we can win them over and do an exceptional job for them, then we're there doing more and more of these types of special projects for them that match what we're capable of doing and other things that pop up. There's a larger movement of in-house happening a lot more inside of organizations. They they build big in-house teams, but yet they still need someone from the outside to come in and either hold up the mirror and help them see themselves and what's going on and give them some objective perspective or they get beyond capacity or capability and need a team to come in and move quickly on something It might be the launch of a product it can be all kinds of things
0: absolutely so there's almost like certain triggers that take place that would encourage a company to look outside their walls and say what sort of firm can we engage to do this
1: yeah I and mean, that's when the, they reach out to us hopefully or find us so it's somewhat random which can be troubling from a marketing perspective because you've got to therefore cast a wide net. You have to look at a lot of opportunities. You have to sift through a lot and it almost becomes more of a sifting process of this matches, this doesn't. But we've also found is we've got a lot of partners that we've developed over the years. So we handle it that don't, that they somewhat accomplish. We have a client right now who is looking to us to do a display design for a big launch in 2023 when we really don't do that, we haven't done a lot of it. It's not something we really want to go into, but we have partners that have, and we partner with them when we have to do that. And so we are exploring, handing that off to them essentially.
0: Absolutely. How do you use discernment there? Like you said, obviously you want to perform at a national level in that area. Is there a certain point where 18 companies come in and want to display design? It's like, all right, maybe we need to get into this. Or like, how do you decide what's in, what's out? what's maybe in the future type of thing.
1: It's a lot of factors, a lot of evaluation, a lot of, because every, so like display design, you think, oh, it's design. It's like any other design. As an industry, display design is typically done by manufacturers. So they do the manufacturing, but they build in the cost of the design to the manufacturing. So they look like the design is free, which it really isn't. Now that's changing to a certain degree, but Therefore, it isn't a great looking category to be in, right? Because you're always going to bump up against people that are doing it for free or giving the client the perception that they're doing it for free, right? And so there's things like that play into it. There's also, like I mentioned in the unboxing experience, is it an open category? Is it developing a new and important, does it have interesting challenges? And in the case of unboxing, you have to design a box that can show up at someone's front door, And then be incredibly exciting to open, but on the outside, look very bland and dramatic and not be enticing to someone that's stealing it off their front porch. So it's an interesting design challenge.
0: That is interesting. Yeah. They have to be opposite. Like it looks not enticing on the outside, but awesome experience on the inside. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, extreme challenge if there ever is, right? Yeah. It's a fascinating one for sure. So, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that helps us evaluate. And when we do it, we know that we're going to go into it and we're not going to do it just once. We want to make it a category, a thing that we can continually do and be excellent at. So it takes a lot of evaluation to do that. Sometimes clients, like I mentioned, clients with just, we had one, we do a lot of naming now, naming of products, naming of businesses. And we didn't want to get into that when we first got into our business. We, We were like, we're going to avoid naming altogether. And then we had a client say, you need to be doing naming. And I think he was selfishly just trying to get us to do a naming project for him because he had a problem to solve, but, but he wasn't wrong. He was definitely right on. So we designed an exceptional naming process that's really designed for intellectual property attorneys because they're the first big hurdle to get a name accomplished.
0: So when you're doing this whole evaluation process, how does that work? Do you, you probably have a client that maybe wants something and you have your team that has certain skill sets? And then your knowledge of this space and what's your evaluation look like? Is it read 15 different books on like this or that and talk about it with the team or how does that all go?
1: It is definitely a larger discussion with the team because we have to figure out our specific process, our approach to it, how it's going to be unique and different. Are we going to apply some new models? Like we've started, we started doing marketing plans for people and our approach to marketing plans is looking at them through the lens of agile marketing, which is taking principles from agile and development and software and applying to marketing. So it's a very current and modern version of that. And that was drawn from some Harvard business review articles and things like that. So we do a fair amount of in-depth reading. Sometimes we'll, get into something a little bit enough to get a taste of it, to see what it's like and what it moves like. And as long as it's not a big risk for the client or for us, just to see how a project runs and if it fits the team and those types of things. But, it, it, but most of the case it's, and ideally it's that existing client saying, oh, I'm looking for this. sometimes it can be new people. Then they'll say, we can't find anybody else that will do this. Can you do this? <laughs> Which can be great. As long as there's enough of those out there.
0: Absolutely. Well, any last words of advice as we wrap up here? Any words of wisdom?
1: It depends if you're looking at it from the entrepreneurial lens. My favorite two words, which are fairly similar, are grit and resolve. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, grit and resolve are your number two and number one words. It's so important just to keep going, especially in times when there's a lot of uncertainty Push through. It doesn't mean you keep the same business alive, but keep the active entrepreneurship alive. Keep doing it. That's usually the first test of a good entrepreneur in trying times, for sure. And then, I guess generally in in our field, being open minded and creative about what the options are, what could we do to solve a particular problem? That's just absolutely critical for a business. Otherwise, they're trying to solve problems the same way they have before, and that generally doesn't work out. And I think is the definition of insanity.
0: Great advice. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much for joining and sharing all your wisdom here today.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Brad. It was great to chat. Thanks for taking the time and for reaching out. I'm glad we did this.
0: Absolutely. Me too.